For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. This is part 10 of the series. Through the centuries, every time a servant offered his ear to be nailed to the doorpost of his master's house, he was keeping alive a picture of the Messiah who would someday come to offer his body so next, what we're going to show you in looking at secrets and insights into biblical Hebrew and the Hebrew language is we're going to give you some examples of Hebrew idioms. And the first example that we're going to give to you is that Israel is called the apple of the eye of the God of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 32 verses 9 and 10 it is written, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about, he instructed him, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. And then in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, After the glory has he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. And so this is a Hebrew idiom, which means being near and dear to someone. Next, we're going to look at the Hebrew idiom. A good eye means being generous, and an evil eye means stingy. And this thought is from the book by Grant Luton in his own words on page 169. Good eye and evil eye are common Hebrew idioms. In Judaism, ein tovah, a good eye means to be generous, and an ayin ra'ah, an evil eye, means to be stingy or greedy. So let's see how an evil eye is a Hebrew idiom for being stingy. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 9. Beware that there be not a thought in your wicked heart and your eye be evil against your poor brother and you give him not. So a good eye is a Hebrew idiom for being generous. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 9. He that has a good eye shall be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. Next, we're going to look at the Hebrew idiom arise. And this is associated with awakening from spiritual slumber. When you are in spiritual slumber, you depart from the Torah. When you're awakened from your spiritual slumber, you return to the Torah. Psalm 102, verse 13. You will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her, yea, the set time has come. 
Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 6. For there shall be a day that the watchman upon Mount Ephraim will cry, Arise, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. So given that arise is a Hebrew idiom for awakening from spiritual slumber, in Yeshua's parable of the prodigal son, we have these words from Luke chapter 15, verses 17 and 18. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. The next Hebrew idiom we're going to look at is walking. Walking or to walk is associated with following the Torah and the ways of the God of Israel. We can see this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6, as it is written, Therefore ye shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to fear him. Psalm 119, verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the Torah of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3, at the end of the verse, it says, He will teach us his ways, we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the Torah in the word of the Lord, from Jerusalem. The next Hebrew idiom we're going to look at is sit down. And sit down is a Hebrew idiom for learning and studying and being taught the Torah. In John chapter 6 verse 10, Yeshua said, make the men sit down. That means to teach them Torah. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Torah is learned at the feet of your teacher. Deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 3. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in your hand, and they sat down at your feet. Everyone shall receive of your words. John chapter 6, verse 3, it is written, And Yeshua went up unto the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. In Acts chapter 21, verse 40, Paul spake unto them, saying, Acts chapter 22, verse 3, I am verily a man which am a Jew, yet brought up in this city, that is Jerusalem, at the feet of Gamaliel. So Gamaliel was the grandson of Hillel, who was the leader of a major sect of the Pharisees in the first century. And so Paul was taught the Torah at the feet of Gamaliel. So Torah is learned at the feet of your teacher. The next idiom we're going to look at is the phrase under your vine and under your fig tree. And this is an idiomatic expression that is associated with the rest and comfort of the Messianic era. In 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 25, it is written, And Judah and Israel dwelt safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan to Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. And so under your vine and under your fig tree represents rest and security and peace. Micah chapter 4 verse 2 and verse 4. And many nations will come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For the Torah shall go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. But they will sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree and none will make them afraid for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken it. And so this phrase under the fig tree we find in the conversation that Yeshua has with Nathanael in John in chapter 1. Yeshua saw Nathanael 
coming to him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said to him, Whence knowest thou me? How do you know me? And Yeshua said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So Yeshua is speaking to him and saying that you are a righteous person, and by being a righteous person, you are going to be in the kingdom of the Messianic era. So I saw you under your fig tree. And as a result, Nathanael recognized that he was speaking to the Messiah of Israel, who's going to bring that peace of the Messianic era. So in John chapter 1, verses 49 and 50, Nathanael answered and said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Yeshua answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under your fig tree, you believe that I'm the Messiah? You will see greater things than this. And the next thing I want to share with you is that in Hebrew, the word Ephraim is written in the hills in Samaria in the land of Israel. And so the God of Israel through the Hebrew language is writing his name upon the mountains of Judea in Samaria. So also that can be found there by an aerial photograph and you can see the Hebrew Ephraim and yod Hey vav Hey. Next, we're going to see something that is very interesting when you look at a Torah scroll on how the Torah represents the defeat of Pharaoh's army when they drowned in the Red Sea and the children of Israel crossing through. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 1 and verse 4, it is written, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast in the sea, his chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. And so who defeated Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea? It says in Exodus chapter 15, verse 6, Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. Who's the right hand of the Lord? It's Yeshua the Messiah. And so then the Red Sea was parted. Exodus chapter 15, verse 8. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. And now from the book, In His Own Words, by Grant Luton, on page 135, referring to that verse where I just read to you from Exodus chapter 15, verse 8, that with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together, the floods stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. In recognition of this miracle event where Pharaoh and his army was defeated and the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea as it was parted. The scribes have traditionally printed this account in Torah scrolls in such a way that the lines of print looks like a wall. And you could only really see this if you would look at these passages in a Torah scroll. And so it's written like there's a wall and the 
children of Israel are walking through the Red Sea, which has split. And so this is done in the way that they write the verses in the Hebrew to communicate this picture. The next thing we want to share with you is that when the Greeks came and from the initial Greek leader, Alexander the Great, came and he conquered the Media Persian Empire and set up and established the Greek Empire in Greek rule in the area of the Middle East. And ultimately, we have that Alexander died and the Greek Empire was split among his four generals. And in time, from one of those four generals came a ruler that is mentioned in the book of Daniel. His name is Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, And as detailed in the book of Maccabees, he then made decrees that everyone under the Grecian Empire should follow the Greek ways and do away with their own culture and their own individual uniqueness. And so this called for the elimination of following the Torah by the Jews. And this was totally unacceptable to religious Jews, and it caused an uprising against these Grecian dictates by Antiochus Epiphanes IV. And there was a priestly family that's known as the Maccabees that stood up in rebellion against the imposition of Greek ways and this Greek law. And this priestly family was known as the Maccabees. And so from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia explains the meaning of Maccabee. The name Maccabee probably means hammer and is properly applied only to the first leader of the revolt, Judas, the third son of the priest Mattathias. The name Maccabee also might be derived from the battle cry of the revolt, which comes from Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? When you look at that verse in the Hebrew, the first letters of this four-word slogan form an acronym of Mem, Kaf, Bet, and Yud. This became synonymous with the revolt. Its most famous warrior was Judah the Maccabee, and the name came to be used for his brothers as well, which accounts for the title of the book of Maccabees. And so in order to see this, you would have to see Exodus chapter 15, verse 11 in the Hebrew to see that the first letter of the first four words of who is like you, O Lord, among the gods, it then makes the word Maccabee. The next concept that I want to share with you that you can glean or understand through the biblical Hebrew or the Hebrew language is a concept known as equidistance sequence. I'm going to share with you one example from the book Yeshua, the Hebrew Factor by Yaakov Ramsel on page 20. He explains that he would count the amount of Hebrew letters that are equally distributed from one to the other in which form a logical word, phrase, or sentence of a name, place, or 
thing. And the one example that I'm going to show you from his book on page 21 comes from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10, which reads, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you shall make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The Hebrew word in the text for he shall prolong, Ya'arik, is the place where we can best illustrate an example of equidistance sequencing. Starting with the second Yod, counting every 20th letter from left to right spells Yeshua Shami, which means Yeshua is my name. So you can glean spiritual understandings by using this method of equidistance sequencing. And next I'm going to show you an example, and this comes from the book by Grant Luton and his own words on page 180, where if we look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, every 50th letter will spell the word Torah. And so next, if we look at Exodus chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, once again, every 50th letter is going to spell Torah. And so from the book, I actually have the Hebrew from Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 5, where you can see every 50th letter spells Torah. And then also the Hebrew for Exodus chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, that every 50th letter spells Torah. And then we go to Leviticus chapter 1, verse 1. We're there and looking at the Hebrew. Every eighth letter spells the sacred name, the tetragrammaton, Yahweh. Then Numbers chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Every 50th letter spells Torah when you count backwards. And so we have the Hebrew text for Numbers chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and it's in the book by Grant Luton in his own words on page 182. And then finally, from the same book on page 182, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, where there every 49th letter spells Torah backwards. And we have an example of that as well by looking at the Hebrew text. The next concept that I'm going to share with you that you can glean and learn and understand and to many is a secret of the biblical Hebrew in the Hebrew language is an examination of the book of Lamentations, that it is written in an alphabetic sequence. And this is explained in the book, The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet by Rabbi Monk on page 35. He explains that in the book of Lamentations, the alphabetic acrostics is used to symbolize the totality of destruction and transgression. In the book of Lamentations, which contains a series of Lamentations with the initials of the verses following the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet to indicate God's full fury was unleashed against the people of Israel because they transgressed the Torah, which was given them with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And this perspective is in the Talmud in Sanhedrin 104a. 
So chapter one of the book of Lamentations is 22 verses. So each verse is written in an alphabetic sequence. It's going to go through the Hebrew alphabet, beginning with Aleph and then ending in Tav. Lamentations chapter two is 22 verses. It's going to do the same thing. It's going to go through the letters of the Hebrew alphabet from Aleph to Tav, but the Pei, letter 16, and the Ayin, Letter 17 in the Hebrew alphabet, they are reversed in their order. Now, Lamentations chapter 3 is 66 verses. It also is written in an alphabetic sequence in units of three verses each. And once again, the 16th letter, the Pei, and the 17th letter, the Ayin, in this alphabetic sequence of units of three verses each, these two letters are reversed in the alphabetic sequence. The same thing occurs in Lamentations chapter 4. It's 22 verses. It goes through in an alphabetic sequence, but the 16th letter, the Pei, the 17th letter, the Ion, are reversed in the alphabetic sequence. So you can see this by looking at the book of Lamentations in the Hebrew. Now, Lamentations chapter 5, it has 22 verses but it is not written in an alphabetic sequence. Judaism, the rabbis teach, and this thought comes from the wisdom of the Hebrew alphabet by Rabbi Monk on page 21, that the Hebrew alphabet predated creation. The last thing then that we're going to show you in this teaching is how Psalm 119 is written in an alphabetic structure. And so if you look at Psalm 119, that it will have a total of 176 verses. And that happens to be 22 times 8. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and Psalm 119 goes through the Hebrew alphabet in units of 8. It will sequentially go through the Hebrew alphabet. For example, Psalm 119 verses 1 through 8, the first 8 verses will all begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph. And then the next 8 verses will all begin with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Bet. And then the next 8 verses will all begin with the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Gimel. And so this continues sequentially through the entire Hebrew alphabet. And now the last thing that I want to show you in this teaching on secrets of biblical Hebrew and insights into the Hebrew language and how you can get a deeper and richer understanding of the Bible by knowing and understanding Hebrew and understanding how Hebrew is a picture language and how it communicates to us spiritual truths is that Proverbs chapter 31 is written in an alphabetic sequence. So this is explained in the book, The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet by Rabbi Monk on page 34. And the verses which do this are Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. And so here in these verses, they being 22 verses, 
beginning in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. That verse begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Aleph. Proverbs 31, verse 11. It begins with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the Bet. And it goes through to verse, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 31, where that verse is going to begin with the Hebrew letter Tav, the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So this is going to conclude our teaching on secrets of biblical Hebrew and secrets that are contained within the Hebrew language. Well, that's going to conclude part 10 of the series on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.